The Buccaneers battle all the way back just to lose in heartbreaking fashion, ending their 2021 season. We take our first look at the divisional round loss to the Los Angeles Rams, take a look back at what our keys to the game were, and we hear from plenty of Buccaneers fans on this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We would like to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Yeah, we do appreciate you guys making the Locked on Bucks podcast first listener view every day. Unfortunately, not coming to you with the best of circumstances on this episode, James, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not a victory Monday. Not The Buccaneers fall 30-27 to to the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams will now host San Francisco 49ers next weekend in the NFC Championship game. Uh, So all I got to say about that game is go John Lynch, the fighting John Lynches. Let's let's do it. Look, from the beginning of this game, James, I think the offensive line issues were very clear and present. It's something that we talked about all week long leading up to the game. Uh, you and Evan talked about like Tristan Wirfs, all pro right tackle. That doesn't just happen, especially in your second season in the NFL when you're fighting down there in the trenches. Usually it takes a little while to really kind of develop the respect of your peers, of coaches, of the media. And when you're on the Tom on Tom Brady's team, we know we've already seen it just in the two years with the Buccaneers. It's even harder to gain the respect of others when Tom Brady's on, even if you're on defense, right? Ask Levante David, like just because Tom Brady is there, all of a sudden uh, everybody on the defense is supposed to be better tacklers. Obviously, that didn't happen uh, as well Sunday. But, you know, those offensive line issues were, were were very clear and present from the beginning of this game. Josh Wells replacing Tristan Wirfs, but he was dealing with injuries, even though he was able to go with still an injured player, Ryan Jensen, uh, playing through injuries. And in the end, the Rams end up with three sacks, which I think – most Buccaneers fans would would be amazed to say it's only three, but Tom Brady harassed all day. Uh, according to NFL's stat tracking, official stat reporting, immediately after the game, uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams credited with six hits on Tom Brady. I feel like it was so much more. Like I, I just kind of feel like it had to be a little bit more. So we'll have to see. Those numbers do get adjusted uh, you know, a little bit later. So we'll have to see what those numbers say uh, after the game has a little bit of time to rest and they get to go back through and kind of check the numbers. Uh, but really, Tom Brady's under harassment, under duress all game long. But from the jump, James, from the very beginning of this thing, two three and outs for the Buccaneers offense uh, in their first four drives, just four first downs in those first four drives. They did get three points, which, I mean, when you when you think about it, only four first downs, your first four drives, uh, your first 15 plays of the game. You still got points. That's that's actually a little bit amazing uh, by itself, but only three points and just not a lot going on that side of the ball. Meanwhile, uh, the defense, Todd Bowles' unit that we have been talking about all week, had to come prepared, had to find a way to get pressure. You can't just say, well, they just beat us. You got to find a way to do it. They were getting worked early on in that game. Yeah, the the offensive line issues were very clear early in the game, and it it set the tone. It set the tone for the game on the offensive side of the ball, and it, it, was, it was tough to watch. And the whole time you're sitting there watching, you're like, Chris Godwin would help out so much right now, even that – schmuck Antonio Brown would help out so much right now 
And it was down to Evans, Fournette, and, and Gronk and Brady. You know, even when the pressure wasn't there, he had the happy feet that we've seen when, when you get pressure on him early in the game. And yeah, you're right. The the Bucks needed an answer defensively uh, compared to what they did in week three, and they didn't have it. Like, absolutely no answer whatsoever. The Rams scored on four out of their first five drives, and they nearly scored on, on their sixth possession, but then Cam Akers fumbles the ball on the one-yard line, and it was recovered by Antoine Winfield Jr. Now, I know a lot of people are upset that the officiating crew didn't let that play out. I, I we're not going to dive too deep into the officiating crew. We all have our thoughts on Sean Hockley. Um, but you let that play out. Antoine Winfield Jr., that might be a scoop and score, which completely shifts that entire game You know, at the end of half to get a scoop and score. And all of a sudden, instead of uh, well, 20 to 3, it's now 20 to 10 heading into the second half. That can change the landscape of the game. But instead, it did prevent the the – Rams from getting into the end zone didn't, you know, put any points on the board for uh for the Bucks. But in the end, you know, the Bucks bounce back. They they respond in the second half. They they allow a touchdown on the Rams' second possession, but the Rams only scored on two of nine possessions in the second half. Nine possessions. The Bucks forced three turnovers. There were three punts. There was a missed field goal, but it was that that second score that uh, ended up being the backbreaker. David, I know we have plenty of people call in. Uh, they're they're going to be frustrated. They're going to be upset. But we give a platform to our listeners to voice those frustrations, ask those questions, do what they want to do. Let's start off with a familiar name uh, and a familiar voice, our buddy, Greco. David James, it's Greco. Man, what a crazy, crazy, crazy game, man. I'm, I'm heartbroken that we lost, man. But... Uh... Those issues in the secondary seem to reel their head back again. And I just can't believe that we would leave the secondary that open. I mean, Cooper Cup, we got to know that that's what they're going to do. I mean, they've already thrown the ball deep on us before. So we got to know we got to cover that deep ball much better than we did. So anyway, hopefully we'll get it fixed and then coming back next year, man. This was still a good season, Bucks fans. Enjoy it. All right, go Bucks. Greco, thank you for calling in. Always appreciate hearing from you. And and Bucks fans are certainly going to need to pick me up after that game. When I'm looking for a little bit of a boost while I'm at work or I'm on the run, I can always turn to Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to that resolution that you have about getting more Fit. You want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which are chalky or waxy, because built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So replace your candy stash with a built bar stash. And there are tons of flavors to choose from. You can get yourself a mixed box or you can order yourself boxes of just your favorites like coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint, brownie, and Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com and see what's new. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 and you are going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. David, let's get to one more voicemail real quick before we hit the next segment. It's our buddy Tyler from Boston. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Um, just, <laughs> man, that sucked. It's heartbreaking. And 
and it sucks. But you know, you know, I I don't really think that we deserved to um, win that game anyway, and then and and yet somehow we, you know, we managed to find a way to uh, to make it interesting, to make it close. Um, I don't think this team, this coaching staff, these players, they're not the type to make excuses. You know, they're not going to look at injuries or penalties or um, anything like that. Um, you know, it's just <laughs> stuff like that happens, and, you know, it came down to the wire. To move on from all that, though, I just want to say it's been a great couple of years. You know, the reason it's, you know, there's a reason why it's so hard to repeat in the NFL. And, you know, I've, I've been going to Bucks fans. Uh, I've been going to Bucks games for years now. I've been Bucks fan for years. And just these past couple of years, it's just been so different. You know, it's like the energy, the fan base, just everything is just so energized. And going 30 and 10 in the last couple of years, including the playoffs. I mean, winning division, Super Bowl, something that has been really great. So, you know, it's just going to be those things. We're going to probably see some changes next year, but, you know, we're, you know, I know here in Bucks Nation, we're going to be back next year, you know, so go Bucks. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view. Every single day, a big announcement from the network. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show is going on the road to L.A. for Super Week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms, just like the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison. I'm super excited for Peacock and Williamson, David, but we were supposed to be there. Well, yes, we were. Um, more to come on that. <laughs> so, uh, David Harrison, James Jarko on Twitter at D Harrison, 82 at J underscore bucks. Uh, find all of our writing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at bucksnation.com on Twitter at bucks underscore nation, the show at locks on bucks. Uh, yeah, some, some sad fans. It's obviously to be expected disappointed, but I also like the appreciation, uh, yeah. James and, and Tyler and Greco. And I hope that that's a theme. Uh, throughout the week and a theme throughout Twitter. I know, you know, in in the in the immediate aftermath, it's really hard uh, to really wrap your head around it and to try to be happy. Um, but I was talking to Mike and Gabe, you know, two guys that I, I you know, I, I I'm in the DMs with them every game weekend and, and everything else. Um, and we were talking about it, and I, and I mentioned to them, I said, you know, it 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 hurts, it sucks to lose. And Tom Brady even said this in his post game press conference. But I think it hurts more, right, from a fan base perspective to lose when you have Super Bowl aspirations in the playoffs than it is to fall short of making the playoffs in general, right? Like this, this fan base has been through so many years where there are playoff aspirations and the team fell short. And while that hurts and it sucks, I think it, it stings harder when you're in the postseason, you're in the tournament yeah. and you have a realistic chance of hoisting the trophy and you fall short. But I think it's a pain that comes from the joy of anticipation and the fact that you don't get to see this team meet its fullest potential. It's almost like mourning a death in the family. And I don't mean to equate a game with, you know, that kind of stuff, but Leonard Fournette mentioned that he was dealing with a death in the family. And so real life is real life. But like, I've always said, we don't mourn and we don't cry for the other person. Like, and, and, you know, the other person is gone and, and, and all their stresses and worries, especially if they were sick, you know what I mean? Like all that is kind of gone. Now we, we cry for us. We cry for ourselves because of the memories we don't get to build with that person. And although it's, it's more of a celebration of what could have been versus, I don't know if all that makes sense, but um, some fans are kind of complaining about the, the coaching, especially late, uh, especially oh, that God. Cooper yeah. uh, Cooper Cup catch late in the game. Listen, here's what I'm going to say. I don't have a problem with the call, to be quite honest with you. I, you know, Todd Bowles is, is an aggressive defensive coordinator. This defense plays better when it's aggressive. We talked about this all season long for the last two years, really, last three years, really. 
that this defense that Todd Bowles runs plays better when it's aggressive, not when it's trying to sit back and read this and read that and read these four quadrants and communicate with that guy. And do you have the coverage? No, like when they're just fighting and saying, we're going after you. Antoine Winfield Jr. just blew that coverage, guys. Like, I love him to death, man. He plays a lot of, he makes a lot of good plays for this team. He's got a bright future ahead of him. But on that play specifically, Antoine just blew it. Like if Antoine is playing his assignment and staying on top of his man and making sure the Cooper Cup doesn't get behind him, he's in position to make a play on that pass. And the blitz does its job. It makes Matt Stafford make a quick decision and get the ball. That's exactly what Todd wanted to have happen. That's exactly what happened. Antoine Winfield got caught with his eyes in the cookie jar and he got burned. Like, but that's not Todd. Like Todd Bowles has told Antoine Winfield, don't do that. Antoine has done it plenty of plenty of times. It sucks because it's like the one time really, like, especially in this game that you can look at Antoine and say, you mess this up. And then it leads to that Matt Gay field goal. But honestly, the play call was fine if it's executed properly. Well, I'll I'll get into that in just a minute because I I don't fully agree with your assessment. Uh, yeah, and a lot of other people don't. You know, play right, it safer, absolutely. keep everything in front of you. I got it, and that's that's absolutely fair. But let's go ahead and let's let's get into that a little bit more because I I do have my thoughts on that, and and we're gonna go back and we're gonna do our key to victory after action review. And my key to the game was don't beat yourself. And the Buccaneers failed miserably at not beating themselves. They had four penalties for 61 yards. Three of those were personal fouls. And say what you will about the taunting against Dominican Sue, which I thought was bogus. Say what you will about the unsportsmanlike conduct on Tom Brady, which I thought was even worse. Levante, David, you are a captain and a leader on this football team, and I understand you're frustrated that your defense just gave up a 70-yard touchdown pass to Cooper Cup but you know the rules. Your team was flagged for taking their helmet off last week against the Eagles, and you take your helmet off on the field and slam it down. There's another 15-yard penalty. So three of those four add up to 45 yards. It was bad. Three for 14 offensively on first downs. That is abysmal. Uh, I I mentioned the 70-yard touchdown to, to Cup on a blown coverage by Mike Edwards. There was miscommunication there. You saw Carlton Davis looking back and talking to him and, and, and trying to direct traffic. You have two kickoffs go out of bounds. I don't think I've ever seen that ever in the history of football. You took the ball away four times and only scored 14 points off of it. You you take the ball away four times, you should win the game easily. You just dug yourself a hole in the first half that was nearly impossible to, to, to come out of, and, and they almost did come out of it, but with six seconds left, you know, Cooper Cup has the ball down on the Buccaneers 12-yard line. Former Buccaneer Matt Gay gets to come on and kick a, a, a game-winning field goal, and I think it was a bad call. It, it, you, you have Cooper Cup set them up at the 44-yard line with a 20-yard catch, and then on the very next play against the number one quarterback in the NFL against the Blitz, and I, I get that the blitz was working for them. They were getting pressure on Stafford. They were forcing three and outs. They were forcing fumbles. I get that. But in that situation with 35 seconds left or 27 seconds left, whatever it was, the deepest player on your defense is nine yards off the line of scrimmage. You can't do it. So you, you you have nobody back deep to try to prevent what exactly just happened. You have... Antoine Winfield Jr., who, you know, 
I love, you love, and and he's one on one with Cup, and he's burnt within two steps. Like he he doesn't get turned, he doesn't keep Cup in front of him to force a guy who had a forty seven yard field goal short beat you on a long field goal, or you're going to overtime. It just is yeah. so frustrating. Well, you have to remember those. There's over thirty seconds left at this point in time. They had just sure. gotten gashed for twenty yards in zone coverage. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team that has shown all game long. Like, this isn't the first quarter. All game long, they've been getting gashed for large chunks of or in zone coverage. So, when you're top bullish, say we can continue doing zone, which isn't our strength anyway, and continue getting gashed. Or we can go out there and play our team, our, our football, and die the way we – and, again, Antoine's the guy I want. Antoine or Jamel Dean. One of those two guys is the guy I want covering Cooper Cup in that situation. You got one of them. Antoine just got caught looking in the backfield. Man, that's my opinion. You yeah. got your opinion. People well, are going to agree with either side of it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. There's an alternate universe where the Bucks get to Stafford and they go to overtime. You know, yeah. it, I mean, well, but, and in the and what will happen is the next time they run that coverage, Antoine Winfield Jr. will play his assignment instead of looking at the quarterback. Um, listen, if I have a problem with any coach on this team, it's Byron Leftwich, and I don't even know how fair that is because I don't know how much control of the offense Byron Leftwich really has, which is something. Uh, that we've talked about, but you know, I like to chart the first 15 plays of the game, James, six of the first 15 plays in the game were runs. That's a pretty good balance. It's not, it's not 50, 50 balance, but it's pretty good balance. Zero runs in the next 14 plays. And I'm not counting the kneel down because technically the kneel down is a run. Got it. I'm not counting the kneel down, which would be the 15th play. So taking that play out the next 14 plays minus the kneel down, all passes. You talk about my keys to the game. I had two of them because I do the crossover. One of them was pressure. Week three, they had one sack, four hits. This week, uh, they ended up with two sacks, eight hits, so better, right? But we also mentioned that in the Rams' five losses in the season, they gave up more than two, two and a half sacks in each of those losses. The Bucs come away with two sacks, almost win, but they don't win. So as, as much of it seemed like a minute number at the time, it's pretty significant. And then you look at the offense. You know, uh, Coming into this game, the Los Angeles Rams were allowing 80% short passes over the middle and completion rate. 70% short passes on the perimeter. Uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they had an 11-yard per pass completion rate or uh, per pass you know, completed, or yeah, completed, which is not terrible, right? But you also have 24 incomplete passes. 44 passes were thrown short. So the Buccaneers tried to take advantage of that. They just didn't execute. And, and when Tom Brady wasn't off target, the, the receivers weren't catching the ball or they weren't getting into the routes. They weren't getting separation. When Tom Brady was on target, or wasn't on target, it was really bad, and you end up with the one interception on a corner route to Rob Gronkowski, and then honestly later on, you end up almost with another interception on the same type of corner route. Yeah, my my biggest gripe, I'm, I'm with you, you had to run the ball more. And Leonard Fournette, first two plays of the game, runs the ball for back-to-back first downs, and then you completely abandon it. I understand you're you're behind, running the ball was what was going to help you get back in it. And instead it made the deficit larger because the offense couldn't move the ball. You needed to keep feeding Lenny. David, let's go ahead and jump over to the voicemail line one more time before we hit our next break. Oh man, what a crazy ending and looked like they could almost pull it off despite it. But in the end, a Matt Gay field goal. No, uh, no worths. No Brown, no Godwin, too much against a really good Rams team. And then the stupid penalties, and all that equals together, a Bucks loss. The first half, that was 
some of the worst football I've ever seen in quite some time. Well, I look forward to hear what you say about it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers let themselves down for sure. They let fans down as well. But you know what's not going to let you down, Bucks fans? It's the incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and it's called GetUpside. Our listeners are making up to $0.25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do is download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Right now, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back is added right to your account. You can then cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or get an e-gift card to Amazon or other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. One more segment of the Locked on Bucks podcast, final episode for the season, but we're still here in the offseason, so don't worry about that. Let's hear from Earl. Hey, guys, it's Earl, Earl calling back again from Little Tampa. All I have to say is defense and the secondary straight trash. Straight trash. Bob Bowles, what is he thinking of calling a blitz like that? Play prevent defense or something. And Winfield, he he looking back at straight trash. They literally lost the game. They had a chance. Like, I was shocked the Bucks came back and the Rams were trying to give it away. And for them to get busted like that. Secondary to straight trash. Murphy Button sucks. He sucks. All of them just suck. That's all I have to say. Go Bucks. See you next season. Hopefully, Brady will be back. If he don't, I don't blame him. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. Earl is very upset. Hopefully we can talk him off the ledge a little bit. Um, I, I'm not... The missed tackles by Sean Murphy Bunting were were rough. There's no question about it, but yeah. dude was out there playing injured. You know, like He was questionable coming into the game. He was limited in practice, dealing with that hamstring injury. Don't know how much of it, you know, played into uh, played into his play on on Sunday. But the defense, like I said in the last segment, second half, they fought their butts off. They were the reason the Bucks were able to get back into it. So you'd be mad on one hand, but it was only as close as it was because of what they did on the other. David, let's dive into some turning points uh, for me. There's another play that we just talked about in the last segment, and it was a 20-yard catch by Cooper Cup with 35 seconds left. It was second and 11. Cup gets out of bounds after the 20-yard gain, and that was the play that you mentioned they get gashed in zone coverage. A big reason they got gashed there is because Sean Murphy Bunting slips, and he wasn't the only player that was slipping. We saw Mike Evans slip. We saw, well, Jalen Darden always slips. Hope he's okay, but he always slips. Uh, um, so Sean Murphy Bunting slips down, falls, leaves Cooper Cup wide open in in the pocket of that zone coverage, leads to a twenty yard gain. He gets out of bounds, stops the clock. Then you have the forty uh, four yard gain immediately after that. So to me, up until then, it was literally anybody's game. We thought we were going to overtime, and uh, that was the moment that it it all tilted. Was setting the Rams up just shy of the uh, 45 yard line. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, you know, I get 
people want to blame coaches all the time. And, and sometimes coaches are to blame. I, and I look at Byron Leftwich or Bruce Arians or Tom Brady, whoever was dictating the pace of the offense uh, during that stretch of the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to stand by it. I mean, you know, early in the game, they were playing soft. They were playing a zone zone defense. Um, and people were complaining that Matt Stafford had too much time to throw the ball. At the end of the game, they blitz him, don't give him any time to throw, and people are complaining they're not playing zone. I mean, it, it is what it is. Antoine Winfield Jr. had the assignment. He blew the assignment. That's the last time I'm going to repeat myself. Um, but my turning point for this one, James, I'm actually going to turn to our buddy Tito because he agrees with my turning point in this football game. Hey, this is Tito from Los Angeles. Um, game's winding down, four minutes left. Um, early on in the season, I wasn't, I was, uh, when the Rams picked up Von Miller, I remember thinking they're doing this because they're anticipating seeing Tom Brady in the postseason. And sure enough, here we are. And, you know, the Rams got better. We got worse over the course of the season. So I wasn't surprised by the big lead they had, but we got the luck that we needed to win this game. And I think the play of the game, though, was that third and five in the fourth quarter where the Rams had that botch snap and we had a chance to really make it a game. And, you know, knowing that the Rams had a great pass rush and have been harassing Tom Brady, we go ahead and do a pass play and Tom gets sacked for 10-yard loss. And I just did not understand that play call, knowing that you're going to go for it on fourth down. I think that was the play of the game because that really killed us and it turned it into a fourth and 14. And that whole weird play where Mike Evans got penalized or got hit late um, kind of made things interesting. But I, I think that was really just bad play calling at that at that point. Um, but, you know, at least it wasn't a total embarrassed, embarrassing loss. Uh, we had a good season. We just didn't have what it took to, to bring it home. And what are you going to do? You know, um, just got to cherish these moments. And it, it was it was a fun ride. And. Who knows if Tom comes back, but I'd like to know what you guys think. Uh, I'll see you guys around. All right, Tito, appreciate the phone call. And yeah, man, that's that's my turning point in this game. So I heard your voicemails like that's that's perfectly it, it sets it up. And it, the irony here, James, is as much as I'm not willing to blame Todd Bowles for that final play call and for Antoine Winfield Jr. blowing his assignment, I'm also not actually giving the defense as much credit as you are for the comeback in the first place. And one of the reasons is some of these turnovers that happen really weren't a product of the Buccaneers' defense. And if you look at it, especially early in the game, the very first scoring drive of the game for the Los Angeles Rams, Jamel Dean drops an interception. I think it was Raheem Nunez-Roches has Matt Stafford in his grasp on first and 20. Could have brought up second and 30, second and 25, or something like that. Both of those plays happened on the first drive of the game. Defense is in the spot. They should be in. They just don't execute the play. They don't don't do their job. You know what I mean? Um, And the Matt Stafford fumble, ball sails over his head. Buccaneers recover it. I love it. I'm happy for it. Don't get me wrong, but not a forced turnover. I mean, the Buccaneers defense didn't really do anything to force that turnover. Anyway, the Bucs end up with the ball drive inside the Rams 30 uh, on this play that Tito is talking about. End up with a first and 10 inside the 30 on the first down. They run the ball with Leonard Fournette. They get five yards. Everything's working well. Second and five. They go deep to Rob Gronk. Okay. Second and five. You go deep uh, on third down. Uh, they pass the ball again and uh, or let, they try to pass the ball again. They end up yeah. sacked for a nine-yard loss. Now it's fourth and 14. You go from second and five to fourth and 14 in a situation where you're essentially in four-down territory. So now for fourth and 14, you have to go for at least a 15-yard route. And what ends up happening is it's an incomplete pass intended for Mike Evans. He gets hit, hit late after uh, the ball hits the ground by Eric Weddle. There's a penalty, but it's still the Rams football. And not for nothing, but again, with Tom Brady being off for a lot of this game, uh, that, that second and five deep pass to Rob Gronkowski, the same corner pass that got intercepted, 
Tom Brady was late on it again, short on it again, left it behind Gronk. And the same safety that intercepted the first one almost intercepted the second one. So just a lot of things not going right. Uh, but I agree with Tito. I mean, the offensive play calling and just the the the, the foresight, right? The, the setting thing up. We talk about football as a chess match, right? You're always setting something up. I didn't see a lot of that. I didn't see a lot of that foresight. And you go back to that field goal, right, that a lot of people, and I know the fans in the stands were booing about it, right? Field, they, they didn't want a field goal in that situation. I think the Bucs only had three points at that time. That gives you six. But it's fourth down. It's fourth and 11. And at that point in the game, you really have no reason to think that offensively, you're going to suddenly figure out how to gain 11 yards on one play when you couldn't do it on third down, you couldn't do it on second down, you couldn't do it on first down. You're just suddenly going to become efficient. But then again, if you're thinking that you're in four down territory because they cut to Bruce Arians and he's kind of going back and forth and he says, you know what, a word I'm not going to say on this show, get out there and kick it. And he kind of just does that, like just go kick it. And I'm like, man, you should be, you should know the situation you're in. That's communication. Hey, Byron, we're in four down territory. So if we're in four down territory on third and 11, we shouldn't be throwing a 15-yard route into double coverage. We should right. be throwing a four-yard check down, a five-yard check down, maybe a screen pass, maybe an eight-yard slant. I don't know, but something that's going to potentially get the first down. But if it doesn't, it sets us up in fourth and manageable. So again, you know the, the, those types of things, that's where I had a problem with the coaching in this game. And I feel like that really came back to bite the bucks in the butt. But James, they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. More wins in a in a single season than this franchise has ever seen in its entire existence. So a lot to celebrate. And we're going to finish this episode with uh, a little bit of a news type segment. We're going to call it a silver lining. Right? We're not going to pick players of the game for a loss like this. We're going to pick our silver lining because there is always a little bit of good going on. Mind James, the young nucleus of players on this team has definitely shown its value. And I'm looking at guys like Jamel Dean when he was in healthy Antoine Winfield Jr., despite that final play of the game, you know, love the kid, bright future. Jordan Whitehead has gotten a lot of praise stepping up. Devin White hasn't taken the step I think a lot of people wanted him to and maybe are disappointed that he didn't take that next step. But in moments, he's still kind of flashed, shown that he still needs that running mate in Levante David. Vita Vea has still been dominant in points. Uh, all pro right tackle and Tristan Wirfs. I mean, there are some really good. Mike Evans is still young. Chris Godwin, if they can bring him back. Scotty Miller, like, why haven't we seen more Scotty Miller this season? I don't know what the yep. answer is, but he's still young. He's still got a bright future. Even if Tom Brady decides to hang it up, which I know we're going to talk about more on tomorrow's episode because we wanted to focus on the game today. The Buccaneers have a lot of young talent. So there is a lot of potential for this team to be very successful, even post Brady, even post Arians. And it should be very exciting for the fan base that you should have playoff football to complain about for years to come. I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said, and and it kind of plays a little bit into my silver lining. And look, this is a roster full of players that won the Super Bowl unexpectedly. You know, nobody, nobody before the season was predicting them to win the Super Bowl. Um, they end up getting it done, and then all these guys take discounts to return. They wanted to come back. They wanted to do it again. And... They're leaving this season with, with a sour taste in their mouth because they failed at that objective. Jason Pierre-Paul just suffered his first career postseason loss. Um, there's a lot of work to be done as far as constructing this roster. There's a lot of free agents, David, that you and I are going to be talking about in the coming weeks and months. Um, but this is going to be a team that is hungrier than ever for a redemption tour, for a revenge tour, for whatever you want to call it, this is a group of guys that set out to win another Lombardi trophy together. 
And I think a lot of them are going to want that chance one more time, including Tom Brady. And we're going to talk about that more on tomorrow's show. With that, David, I think it's time to uh, to go ahead and get out of here. So we thank you for everyone or to everyone for making today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or first watch every day. And thank you for coming to us five days a week all season long. It's been an absolute blast covering this team for you this season. Uh, it's been a blast covering the team for you for all the seasons, but yeah, you know, this one has been especially fun. We had a great time talking about this team, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out, and we, and we wouldn't do it if it weren't for all of you. So thank you to all of you for that. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, go ahead and give us a call at 813-444-5841. Make your second listen today, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, also free and available on all platforms. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is having a versatile high quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet of them feels even better american giant puts the quality durability and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets and of course their legendary best hoodie ever so you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the french terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tea. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.